0: This is Mouth Media Network covering the
1: business of lifestyle.
2: This episode of Travel Is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio.
3: Hey, doing this is Eric Bamberger from Ignition One. I, uh, I'm the SVP of Hospitality here, and what I love about data is data, for at least from from my perspective, gives smaller players the ability to really tackle the bigger players in the travel space. The OTAs just have tremendous amounts of assets, and when you use your data properly, you can overtake these Goliaths and get more direct bookings.
4: Data is crucial to any industry, including travel and hospitality. Coming up, what we can learn from the way that Ignition One guides insights to build audiences, optimize marketing campaigns, and collect data and understand and utilize life moments for travel and hospitality consumers ideas that can be applied to many industries. This interview was recorded as part of Fashion Is Your Business, another Mouth Media Network podcast, and we thought that it would be useful to you, the Travel Is Your Business audience. It was recorded on location at the Ignition One Summit in New York City. Enjoy the show.
2: This is Travel Is Your Business, Covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry.
4: Eric, great to have you on the show here at the Ignition One Summit. Thanks for joining us. Sure, no problem. And of course, we have Pub and Ball here on the mic. Hey, you. And I'm Mark Rako, and uh, very glad to talk to Eric Bamberger. Uh, Eric, let, let's launch. Let's take off. See, I used a travel term there. Let's, you let's, did great. Let's do ta- <laughs> Let's uh let's pull anchor with uh with I'm just pushing it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Okay. Uh <laughs> l- let's leave the station with this particular wow. sorry,
5: okay. but,
4: <laughs> with this question. If I keep going we're never going to leave the station. Has data always been crucial to travel and and really to other lifestyle industries or is that a new thing? Data
3: has been crucial since day 1 of of travel. Uh, as technology has gotten more robust, right, uh, the, the the companies in the space are competing with companies that were built to actually take the data and use it solely, right? They don't, you know, bigger players don't have hotel rooms and housekeeping to pay and all that other stuff. They're simply data incubators and figure out how to use it better to get more to really drive the small guys out of the
4: space. Okay, so uh, do you think that the larger Uh, longer standing brands uh, have a leg up because they've had data for longer or are they playing catch up with the new players that know how to do it differently? You
3: would think that the longer staying players would have a leg up, but in reality, they operate on legacy systems that are not nearly equipped to be able to deal with the the speed and complexity of the, the data that's flowing in today.
0: Yeah, so, so can you, uh, let, let's walk back to uh, what Ignition One does and what you do specifically within the Department of Hospitality. So what type of solutions are you bringing to the table and how are you guiding with insights to make these, I guess, or organize the data or make it effective
3: for your clients? Sure. So I would start off by saying that Ignition One has a has a really good fundamental understanding of the customer journey, right? And the customer journey really is I first saw this person today and then they converted You know, at some point. Understanding all of those various touch points along the way, right, across device, cross tactic, really gives us incredible insight to be able to know exactly how to optimize a campaign mm-hmm. to get the most bang for your buck.
0: You know, in 2000, I would say like 15, 16, um, you know, Google started talking about um, hitting these like life time moments, right? So attaching to to moments uh, of where you could predict a purchase about to happen or a conversion and then targeting those moments. And that's basically what this is. That's what we're talking about is using insights to understand when somebody is going to book a vacation or or some sort of experience. So how now are you guiding um, companies to either reorganize their data or just leverage it more appropriately so that they can now identify these life moments and attach to them?
3: You know, where, where I operate, I operate in the world of, of primarily first party data, right? Ignition One does a lot of other things. Where my, where my world is, is really understanding when a consumer comes to the website, mm-hmm. you know, do we know who that person is? Let's treat them this way. If we don't know who they are, let's treat them this way, all right? And once you get that fundamental part out of the way, at that point, the, the triage starts to begin. You know, any research will tell you that users are going to go to twenty, thirty different websites before they book any real type of um, any mm-hmm. real type of travel. right? There's a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of great publications out there, all that stuff. Uh, what I look at is exactly what you did when you're on the website, right? What type of behaviors did you take? What types of pages did you access? How long did it take you to come back? How did you get there? All that stuff is incredibly relevant for me, and we look at all the different patterns of users that are on the site, and then when they leave the site, we use those insights to make sure that we have the appropriate bidding and messaging to get them back to the site to ultimately book.
0: Got it. So now, when you're talking first person, you're, that definition is really the data that a company can personally um, aggregate, right, from their customer journey within that kind of ecosystem or their website. Um, it's not necessarily buying other uh, sorts of data sets and then and then cross crossing them.
3: Yeah, we look. Everyone can can mingle third-party data sets on top. Mm-hmm. But I've personally found that most companies do not even have a good enough understanding of what to do with their first-party data. And when I say first-party data, that's really two things. You could focus on the CRM file, which is the people who they, who they know who they are. You know, I like to emphasize the ability to, to take the 95% of the people that are on the website right now that they don't know who they are, that haven't converted yet, get those people to, in a in an environment, we can we can help them understand how to bid on those people to get them to come back and ultimately move them into the the known crm type file.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, how how are you doing this? Are you um, essentially does Ignition One have software that enables some of this, or are you essentially just looking at cookies and and
3: tracking through analytics? Well, we're looking at we're looking at cookies, right? Let's just be clear. We're starting off with with we we tag. A customer's website, we have a tag in the footer of the site. Mm-hmm. That tag enables us to be able to to store and to we have a proprietary scoring algorithm that we every time a user comes back to the site, we that we have an ability the score kind of goes up and down based upon what the how you got to the site and then what you do when you're on the site. So as our score goes up and down, our bids at the same time go up and down should you leave the website. So okay. if a user leaves the site and has a high score and they go to Google and do a search or they go to Facebook and look for, for some type of, you know Content with the ability to, 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 in auctions, to bid mm-hmm. higher on certain folks and bid lower on certain folks. And, you know, there's a lot of competition out there, but no one has your brand's true first party data. And the way that we process it in real time gives us really a leg up on everybody else.
0: And, and can you just identify the profile of your customer? So, who are we talking about right now?
3: We work with um, mostly enterprise type customers. Yeah, you know, hotels. I, I personally work on a number of hotel chains that are, um, you know, a couple thousand, couple thousand hotels. Mm-hmm. You know, so Large. that's Yeah, the larger, larger type guys. Our, our our tools can certainly be utilized by smaller guys. You know, cities and states where there's lots of OTA activity or or lots of competition. Mm-hmm. We certainly could operate in like, you know, like Las Vegas or something. Sure. But um, we typically focus on you know big brands that you've heard
4: of. Data sets can be deeply affected in terms of measuring behavior online of people uh, by uh, many factors, uh, political factors, entertainment factors, news stories, uh, sudden trends, um, all all sorts of things. Um, How do you account for that as your not tracking you not no brand is making decisions usually by something that's happening in the minute they're they're making decisions by uh, data that's accumulated over a period of time but within that period of time there's many fluctuations of unexpected things that can skew that data set how are you accounting for that so that that data set is useful to the brand because something could really have affected it in a significant way yeah, no, sure. That's terribly uh, asked question, but I'm hoping there was Yeah, I'll, I'll fix <laughs> I'll fix it up here, don't you don't. <laughs> you know, scrub that, wasn't that, great,
3: scrub, but, that scrub that question. <laughs> we don't have to scrub. I think there was some scrub value, the data. Some <laughs> <value> <laughs> <in there. laughs> I could fix that using data. Yeah. Um, you know, the I would just say that, you know, a lot of the sites I have the privilege to work with just some <laughs> fabulous brands with millions and millions of users, right? So yeah. you have to look at it really two ways, right? You have to look at at from a top level you know, all the aggregate data sets, right? There's lots of data coming in. I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people on a daily basis come to websites, right? So we look at the macro trends, but we have the ability to use the data to be able to look also on an individual basis. We're in the ability of we're in the business of creating audiences and taking those audiences and 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 using them as people leave the website to go on Google and Facebook, et cetera. Right. Yeah. So whatever the data sets are at that moment in time and they leave, we can we can use that for for, for bidding in these in these auctions. But from a um just from a macro level, right? Sometimes, you know, in hospitality specifically, sure, maybe you have trends or, or things that are happening that might influence, you know, the, the overall perspective. Length of stays might be longer. Um, there could be more business travel. The economy could be better. Yeah. All these different macro level, macroeconomic trends are certainly out there. But, you know, when you're looking at data in real time, like we do, you could spot them pretty quickly and, and adjust.
4: What about, I'm sorry, what about, uh, let me use an example. So let's say that there's, there's a bunch of shark attacks uh, in, in within like a couple months, and it starts to affect people's decisions about going to coastal areas for that small amount of time. Uh, as that happens over three, four, five months, someone could be begin to look at that and say, hey, there's really kind of a change in the kind of decisions people are making compared to what it usually is this time of year. Is this a, ch- a trend? Or is this a, you know, um, I guess you call it a macro trend, but is it even a macro trend? Or is it just a circumstantial change in behavior? How can you tell the difference? Well, you couldn't you know, on a shark
3: attacks are one thing, you know, on a, on a, because uh, <laughs> it's very, it's very prevalent.
5: I don't want to, you know, I
3: mean, look I, look, I hate sharks and there were a lot of shark attacks this year, so it is very relevant. But, you know, in more reality, you have like a real trend is like oil and gas, okay. you know, something that
4: is, you know. So like high prices might make people not go on as many road trips or something well, like that? Well,
3: they could be mining more gas. I'm talking about from a, mm-hmm. from a ho- hotel occupancy perspective. Okay. You know, um, you have a lot of oil and gas, say, in, the, in Texas and stuff okay. and, oh, right. and, and, okay. things, and things like that where, you know, there could be – all the hotel rooms in the area could be full for six months, and then other times it could be low occupancy because mm-hmm. of the in um, you know, the way that they're mining the uh, the oil and stuff. So those trends are, you know, you look at the booking data. You have a really good relationship with the with the brands that you work on. The brands are spitting you to back, hey, we have lower occupancy here. Let's adjust our strategy somewhat. You know, so it's really a, a I would say an effort between us and the brands themselves to make sure that if if there is a trend, a negative trend, you know, maybe it's a rape thing, right? Maybe it's an it's a marketing thing. Maybe we're not spending enough money in certain areas. So once you really do understand your data, you could then at least have a, a strategy to kind of attack, to go in, and fill the holes.
0: You know, like, uh, so if you're a, a hospitality group, um, you know, obviously you're on, or no, I shouldn't say obviously, but most likely you're on most of the OTAs, right? And essentially what you're helping some of these, uh, these clients is getting those direct sales. Um, and for me, the value can be, of course, margin, Um, But there has to be a lot of other intrinsic values that we're not necessarily seeing. So whether it's, you know, customer profiles and things like that, what are some of the more like kind of expansive um, value props in, you know, getting the direct booking?
3: I mean, you know, direct bookings is really the... Julia, the kind of the holy grail of the, yeah. the the travel industry, right? Most you know, you go watch TV, and every ad that you see is you know book direct and save things like mm-hmm. that. You know, the messaging is one thing, but using data to drive more direct bookings is 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 better, right? And and we're helping customers with that. But from just from an overall perspective, if a user typically doesn't book direct, right, and mm-hmm. they go book through an OTA, right, the brand themselves. You know, most of the times, do not get that customer information. right? Yeah. So it's almost like a rental. So sure, they're getting the revenue. They're getting the short-term revenue. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're getting less rate because they have to pay that, that exorbitant commission back to the um, to the OTA. But the most important thing, at least from my perspective, is that they're not getting that customer information, so they can't message to them. A lot of the brands I work yeah. on, it's really the second stay where the most start come. Yeah, when you have a come. thousand different properties, I yeah. mean, if you're staying in one, you want to be able to retarget to others, right? Absolutely. And back to you know data and what we, you know, if you know who the person is and you could email them and you yeah. could message to them and you could text message to them and for sure. you know, they might come back for that second and third and fourth day without a marketing expense. And that's really where you could start getting the better margins. Where,
0: where, where does loyalty lie in this? Because I know loyalty is so important to the whole data sphere. Um, how how are you consulting
3: through that side? You know, loyalty, you know, I've just I find that people have become less and less loyal, and they're more focused on on really saving money. Right? Mm. You know, if you have two comparative properties and one's. Even if you're high tier in one and lower tier in the other, and the prices that's are much different. That's interesting to hear. You will, you will go towards the, the to me, most times you do what, go to the cheaper What do you think that's one. a
0: result of? Because it's not a down economy in the last 10 years, right? Um, so knock on wood. but uh, So we haven't been in a down cycle in a while. Um, is it that customer service overall has been heightened because all properties have have to? So like now you could just expect a decent service out of uh,
3: hospitality groups? You know, I, I find that just... Unfortunately, you know, it's really two things, right? First of all, millennials, they're just not loyal, right? Yeah, they yeah. just, you know, it's gotta be cool and easy to use. And, you know, and then the other thing is, um, the other thing is, is, is price, you know, it's just people just want to be able to get the best price possible and, and they're willing to, unfortunately, you know, and, and the other thing is really just corporate, you know, corporate's been <laughs> mandating that, that people save money, you
4: know? I like, I like to ask you about that though, because to me, so let's say, a uh, a, a, a hotel room is, uh, these hotels as an example. Hotel room is two seventy-eight a night. Another hotel room is two fifty-nine a night. One is lower than the other. Not a giant amount, but it is lower. But I know that the 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 higher priced hotel, I I I know what they're about. They treat me well. They I have a loyalty program with them and um and I feel like I have a relationship with them. We're not talking about $150 a night difference here. We're talking about a $20 difference. So is price enough? how much does price need to be a factor for loyalty to not be the driving factor? Because to me, I, 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 I'm willing to pay a little bit more if I know that I know what I'm getting. And, well, and I yeah, feel, you know, I
3: don't think nineteen dollars is the is you know is the tipping point. You know, <laughs> a lot of the travelers. You know, I mean, corporately, right? Typically, you look. Hey, where's my meeting going to be? Right. You know, if there's, mm. you know, a lot of a lot of the people that travel. A are, distance are, to are trying to get yeah. as close as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Once you kind of isolate that, you, sure. If you have two hotels that are within striking distance of the meeting and ones you have a great, you know, you're a gold tier and yeah, you might as well you, go you're going to, yeah. you know, you're going to book the 19 bucks. But if you know, if it's 79 or a hundred bucks, right. When most sure. employees have to log into like a concur of some sort where the managers can go and yeah. say, Oh, you know, this hotel was cheaper, yeah. you know, you know, so it depends on what you, you know, depends on the type of organization you work your at. Your employer
4: in that case.
0: You know, it's interesting. Like, um, you know, there's a solution that we interviewed, um, quite early actually in the podcast called seven rooms. And, you know, their, their whole thing is just, you know, creating, um, profiles of customers. So like say a a Starwood or, and I don't know if they're a client or not of of seven rooms, but say a Starwood resorts is understanding exactly who that client is. So, so for you, it would say, okay, maybe he's gluten-free. So if you had asked for a gluten-free menu in one of the resorts, then everywhere you travel, they already know that priority is set on that. Do you like, you know, um, a particular type of uh, room service every night, you know, like things like that, they, they, they have these robust profiles that they could transfer from property to property. And I, I feel like this all aids into this interest of, you know, uh, hospitality groups really taking a hold of that customer relationship. And, and keeping it there, uh, are you using different solutions such as, you know, as seven rooms or other things, um, to kind of help consult through how they can also leverage other arms to, to,
3: to kind of keep that, that hold on a customer? I mean, I, I, am on the marketing side. Yeah. Okay. I don't get involved. Straight in, user act. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. typically get involved in, in decisions like that, that happen on the, on the on the corporate or the, yeah. the franchise level. You know, my, my, my real responsibility is to help them fill the rooms. That's, yeah. that's where I kind of come in. Yeah, I get so, to go to the conferences and, and meet, you know, with the executive teams. There's a
0: lot of digital ad spend in your world then. Massive amounts. Massive uh, amounts. Yeah. Um, so then on that side, wh- what type, like, are you, is Ignition One actually spending the, the budgets or how does that work? In, in some instances,
3: we are helping Brands pull levers yeah. in, in, in Google and, and, and Facebook and, and, and TripAdvisor. And other times, other agencies or other brands are using our technology to actually do the same. We've been able to um, we've, we have the ability to create audiences and actually pass those audiences directly into a brand's Google account so that they can leverage our, our, our scores and our audiences themselves. So we're doing either it could be really holding their hands. And other times, they're just kind of running on their own with our audiences.
4: All right. Uh, Thanks a lot, Eric. Coming up, uh, how does Ignition One create audiences uh, and collect data? How do they do that with their own software and the use of APIs? And uh, how does the data part of Ignition One work with the rest of the Ignition One engine? Uh, That's coming up right after this.
5: Hey everybody, this is Vikram Iyer, host of the American Enough podcast on the Mouth Media Network. Right now, perhaps more than ever, if you're angry, if you're sad, if you feel divided, if you feel hungry, make sure that you quell all of your hangry cures by going and registering to vote. It couldn't be more important, and we're just a few days out from this nation's November 6th elections. If you're curious about where to sign up, if you're curious about how to find your polling location— make sure to visit vote.org. It's not about politics. This is about your voice. And I think everyone should have a voice.
2: Hi, I'm
1: Elliot, and I'm unregistered to vote, and that's a problem.
5: It's a big problem. If you go to vote.org right now, you'll be able to figure out exactly where your polling location is, how to make sure that you cast a vote by election day. And if you're out of town or if you're not nearby your polling site, they'll help you with that, too. Make sure to sign up at www.vote.org and stay tuned for your post-election day result recap on the American Enough podcast, wherever you pop. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook
3: at Travel Biz Show, that's travel, B-I-Z, show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at travelisyourbusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to mouthmedianetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com.
0: You ended the first session of this interview um, talking about creating audiences and um, I'm curious to, to the process of how you're um, developing these uh, target market fit audiences for your customers
3: yeah when I when I talk about audiences there's really there's really two types of audiences right one one is it's called a CRM based audience where you know who the person is they're already in your, your database they've stayed at your property before mm-hmm. and that person, you know, we work with. They've been a customer. They've been a customer. Yeah. We now see that person on Google. They just did a search. Sure, you, know, you message that person. The more important side of the house, at least for from my perspective, is the the person who is on your website, first party cookie, who you don't know who it is that hasn't converted yet. Yeah, right. And by tracking all those touch points, right? So every time that that cookie comes back, that person keeps coming back, you know, like we talked about before, Mm -hmm. they come to the site six or seven times. They're showing some type of journey, right? Being able to create audiences around different propensities of conversion, right? Like maybe the first time you're there, it might not be that valuable. Right, you're just a random cookie. But now you're there five, six, seven times. Yeah. Now your score is There's much higher. There's a sustained higher. interest there. There's a sustained interest there. Yeah. You know, creating audiences around different propensities, taking those propensities, using APIs, using technology to pass those you know, segments of users into Google or into TripAdvisor or into Facebook. And bidding differently on those people is where we see the biggest bang.
0: There's a second time you mentioned technology. There's a proprietary technology that Ignition One holds or... Yeah, we have, a, we, have a, we have
3: a proprietary scoring algorithm that we've had okay. uh, it's constantly tweaked and updated it's machine learning each customer gets kind of their own custom machine learning algorithm yeah. you know obviously booking a hotel room is different than booking a cruise or buying a car or you know getting an online degree mm-hmm. and our, our within a week or two our technology is able to get within 90 percent accuracy of propensity to convert and by collecting all those profiles across millions of users and creating audiences and passing them we have just some amazing amazing data and technology we are able to truly almost predict if someone's going to convert and be able to tell the brand, this is your guy, don't lose him, outbid competition right now.
0: Because he's about to convert. Because he's about to and, convert. And how many, like how often, you said it's 90%, is it literally 9 out of 10 times if you're outbidding on the uh, the marketing side that they're going to convert? Or? Our
3: customers have seen typically literally the best attributed click-based conversions that they've ever gotten mm-hmm. from like Google, RLSA, or um or, or Facebook, um, Facebook dynamic ads for travel or TripAdvisor, Metasearch, all those things. Each report is almost more exciting than the next where conversion rates are up 10, 20, 50, 200%, like uh-huh. 1% to 3%, 3% to 6%. Time and time again, it's really exciting.
0: Let's, uh, for, before I ask this question, I mean, when we're talking about your clients, we have been now traditionally, uh, we just mentioned hotels early, so we kind of stuck in the hotel side of things. But now you just mentioned, of course, car bookings and cruises and things like that. Um, so I'm assuming now my next question is going to relate, it could relate differently to each of those categories. Um, what's your favorite type of ad? Like, you know what I mean? Like what, what platform, how are you serving them?
3: I would say my favorite type of ad is... Most brands I find spend all of their money defending their brand and they've all gotten away from buying generic search type keywords, Mm -hmm. right? Like I live in, I live in Manhattan and you know, the, the, one of my favorite keyword searches for brands always is like in hotels in New York, right? And that's a word that is so expensive and has so much volume to purchase and hotels just really can't afford to buy that, right? They're, they're, they're dominated by like booking.com and Expedia with those huge budgets being able to get brands into auctions that they couldn't participate in because they're able to leverage our data and you know, take a brand that has a hotel in the city that could buy hotels in New York, knowing that that person was just on their website, being able to outbid Booking.com and Expedia, we're seeing really incremental revenue because those brands, they wouldn't have been there before. And now they're able to show up in a search like hotels in New York or, you know, Right, because it's only for that one cookie. That's a that one, one person, person yeah. and that one search at that one moment in time, you could actually rise above the competition. Now are you
0: finding that it's Facebook ads that are effective? Is it Instagram? Like, Where are
3: you finding the conversion? I find the conversions are everywhere. The conversions are everywhere. Everything could be an acquisition channel if you're targeting the right user mm-hmm. and with the right bid and outbidding every, everybody else okay all, all those you know which again we're seeing really great conversions from click you know when i talk about yeah. conversions i don't talk about impression conversions where the guy may have seen the ad so we about a user clicked on an ad took an action and booked something
0: yeah absolutely yeah now all right let's play a little game then um, what's so for instagram specifically uh, what's the target like what's your what's your target market over there in terms of like when when would you
3: allocate funds there versus a facebook versus a google adwords so the, the, beauty, the beauty of the internet, right, is that you could put your, your, your hooks into really everything, right? My job is to get the audience into Facebook, mm-hmm. okay, into Google, into TripAdvisor, right? Once the audiences are there and the user shows up, our bid is predicated based upon each individual user or, or, or audience. So once a user shows up on an Instagram or shows up on Facebook or shows up on, on, on a Google search, mm-hmm. it's, that's more like ask for inventory, right? There, our ad is already there and the bid's already there. So Instagram happens to be a fabulous source of inventory. I mean, everyone on the earth is on Instagram, so it does turn into an acquisition channel. Mm -hmm. But again, there's so much inventory there and there's so many users there that you really do need to cherry pick, right? There's billions of users, right, on a monthly basis. You need to be able to cherry pick. And and, and, Google and Facebook are incredible at at getting you to spend, spend your money there and using all of their tools. But all their tools are really built for them. Right? Yeah. They're built for them to to give you just enough return so you leave all your money there. you know. But our, our kind of software is built kind of the opposite, which is we're telling you who to cherry pick on, who to bid on high, mm-hmm. who to bid on low, who not to bid on at all. So we're seeing major efficiencies across. Instagram's a great spot for that.
4: I, I'm kind of wondering, Eric, as, uh, as this becomes more and more people... Uh, uh, more and more uh, brands participating in this and utilizing yeah. this kind of technology. More and more people are going to start to expect this to just be the way that it goes. Uh, they're they're just so so. Once you raise that expectation, uh, what's the next level of possibility in in uh, in getting that business? Well, once the playing I'm, field's been leveled. I'm going to jump that. in on this Please. as a
0: consumer, right? So for me, if I'm on whether it's Instagram, Facebook, whatever it may be. um, it's part of the customer experience now. So if I'm served an ad, I want to, I actually, I, I appreciate when the ad is tailored to me, when it makes sense to me, because that's a good experience. So it's in the interest of all the platforms and the data to get it right. Mm-hmm. And like, and, and there, I, I guess ignition one is playing in that world of just, you know, making sure that that personalization is, is hit on correctly.
3: Well, look when you're, when you're doing a when you're doing a Google search, you're almost asking for an ad, sure. right? Without when you're when you're on a publisher site reading content and there's ads there, you're not typically asking for those ads. So it's really push. What's and the
0: deal with Siri listening pu- to all my shit? Push and pull.
3: <laughs> Look, I've had some strange experiences. I we all have. I, now. I, I turned all that all that stuff off.
0: But I mean, it started this year, right? Like February, March, like out of nowhere.
3: Yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> like a lot. Like a there's, lot, a lot. You know, I I I have found that you know I've been out with friends and talking, just about having stuff conversations, and, and yeah. then all of a sudden, a couple of days later, you see an ad about you know yeah. renting a boat to Montauk, and for you sure. were you know just kind of talking about it. So, so I was talking about Greenport, not Montauk. I am not. <laughs> I'm not an expert in any of that stuff, but there's yeah. definitely some listening going on. Let's just put it for that sure. Way. Uh, do you
0: guys play in that space at all? Is that something that you're touching on?
3: I mean, look, we uh, personally know. Um, you know, we're we're always looking at. You know, if it. I mean, voice search is becoming Very way broke, more yeah. relevant. You know, the uh, yeah. I, I read recently that I think thirty percent of all searches now is are voice. are voice,
0: not conversion, but but searches
3: for sure. So that you know, as as more you know, book a hotel room in New York City, as that type of stuff starts to come more into play, we'll mm-hmm. we'll certainly start coming up with with technologies to to address that.
0: Yeah. Now, over the last 12 months, Facebook has dropped in activity of actual user engagement by 7%. Um, If that trend sustains, is this something that, you know, you look at and then, um, you know, maybe one year, two years down the line, and you're already kind of consulting brands ahead of this, these types of macro trends? I mean, with those all russian accounts or those
3: who know <laughs> Yeah, hey, you know what? I don't know. I
0: didn't I didn't look into the data. I just read I just read the
3: things. Look, all I know is that there's enough inventory yeah. on Facebook to drive massive amounts of spend and conversion. Yeah. You know, a 7 10 15% drop yeah. is certainly not going to affect most advertisers' worlds, you know.
0: Yeah, especially when you're going individual, right? Like if you're going by cookie, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, well, you're, you're bidding on. They're either going to on... be on
3: Facebook or the next big thing, right? Sure. As long as you have the 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 the, the appropriate connections, the appropriate engagements, yeah. and the hooks into all the inventory sources. My job is just to get the right bid and find all the different inventory places that person can go and get that ad in front of them.
0: Are you guys working with Snapchat at all? Is that
3: a thing? Uh, you know, ad serving wise, I don't typically work a lot in the app space yeah i really focus primarily on you know desktop and mobile web that's yep. really where we find that because usually when someone you know I, again i i spend most of my time in travel and mm-hmm. if you're going to use an app for travel you're probably just going to go directly to you know delta's app or, or Wars app
4: or yeah or, or, sure. or,
3: or trip app
4: for sure how how can you make it so that it's a different app how, how can you uh in other words, to me, that's still, that's still loyalty. Still oh, well, yeah, that's still to, a direct connection to your brand, exactly. How can you create it so that you're capturing that data more directly? Is that something Ignition One has given thought to?
3: Well, you know, the, the, the brands themselves, you know, they need to create something that is very unique for a consumer to want to have the app on your phone. Yeah. Right, like, you know, being able to have a, a keyless entry, or you know, pick pick my room. Or mm-hmm. yeah. you know, right. back to your. It's gotta you know, be super special. I want to be able to put my gluten free, uh, you know, meal into the you know the, yeah. the whatever preference like, sheet yeah. preference sheet. But yeah, so so you know, we we're on the, more on the marketing side, but from an app development perspective, if you know the the brands really need to be able to be, if someone's going to carry that 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 app on their phone, it needs to be pretty unique to that. To that brand.
0: Yeah, but you're finding still like from a percentage standpoint, where are we in terms of like bookings from desktop
3: versus mobile? Mobile is growing really fast for for a lot of a lot of brands. A lot of a lot of folks are spending a lot of time on mobile, you know, and fifty, sixty, seventy on... percent, and then you know they wait till Monday morning till they get to work, and yeah. then they'll they'll book it on their desktop. So some brands see a lot of mobile bookings, but the majority that I speak that I work with get to see um, typically it's you know split. Sixty-four to either way but mobile is really increasing though at least in terms of page use 100 percent
0: is there an area within hospitality that you're particularly interested in whether it's like in terms of an opportunity for ignition one so of course hotels is uh something that's clear and evident um you're seeing uh, uh, you mentioned cruises that's been around for a long time are there anything new that's coming out where you're seeing a lot of engagement and you want to be ahead of
3: well the The ability to create audiences is actually pretty new. Yeah. You would be amazed how many brands I speak to that are not utilizing, utilizing audiences um, properly so
5: yeah.
3: I mean Google just rolled out audiences in their hotel ads product I think in May or June of this year mm-hmm. so this is a, you know this is a, a new frontier where you can now yeah. rely somewhat on your own. Um, you know, users or information to be able to bid differently in in Google. And that's an incredible phenomenon and the numbers are remarkable. So I would just say that audiences are all the rage right now and it's still in its infancy. You know, when you're talking about a Google and a Facebook, I mean, you know, people throw around the word "wall gardens" or whatever. You know, to me, they're really just inventory sources. But mm-hmm. you know, being able to cherry pick and 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 bid across them is really where we're sitting. Yeah. And I really don't mind where anybody is. I just want to be able, to, like I said before, have the right bid and the right message and the, to the right consumer, and um, and get them to click and book. And, are you,
0: Are you able to spill some of your special sauce in terms of like how these audiences are triangulated? Our special
3: sauce, to me, is the speed. Right. Our algorithm is is faster than anything I've ever seen. Most, most um, DMPs out there, you know, you might hear some big names. I'm not going to throw them out there. They really rely on crunching tons and tons of data. And, you know, it might take even a 24-hour sync or even a weekly or even longer type sync. Our syncs are in real time. So every time we see a user, we actually are connecting new scores and new audiences through APIs. So you might be bidding on somebody very differently for lunch, breakfast, yeah. and, you know, and dinner. You know, and that's really unique, especially in travel, because travel is like you want to browse and browse and browse, and then I don't care what happens, I'm going to book it right now. And you don't want to, you don't want to miss miss bid on that
4: particular type of person. You know, you you've mentioned both data and marketing in this discussion. How does your department fit within the overall Ignition One structure? The way that you are. Uh, your feeding of the departments and the way that they're feeding the job that you do. Yeah,
3: I think I think my my group sits in a really unique space where, you know, we're identifying the people that you want to message to, right? We have a this person's ready. We have other other areas of the company where at that point they may come up with the actual creative that we want to serve. Right. Maybe we want to give someone who is you know, more likely to convert a very different type of offer or creative than someone who's less likely to convert, right? We work with a number of customers that have loyalty programs, right? Maybe you want to, this person is three stays away from being gold, right? Let's, let's make creative around that, right? Let's, this person came to the website from a competitor or from an online travel agency. Let's give them different types of creative when they leave the site. So, so my group really gets to sit kind of in the middle and, and really help dictate a lot of the strategy that happens after the person leaves the site
4: all right so we've spent a good amount of time talking about data marketing and what ignition one does and what you do within your department um how about we uh reset our compass and talk about you the human being uh eric so we'll do that in just a moment with off the grid questions right here on location at the ignition one summit in new york city we'll be right back
1: do you remember what we used to say about running oh so my bigger head to chase you <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm BJ Smith, and that's exactly how I felt about running most of my life. That was until one fall day in 2011. I was chasing my son in the backyard when something had to change. This was the beginning of my journey to becoming a runner, one that would take me from couch to marathon in less than two years. Now I'm setting my sights higher. This is 16 Weeks, a new podcast from Mouth Media Network, following me on my journey to get into shape while keeping up my obligations at work and still being there for my family. And I'm not doing it alone. My name
2: is
4: Keith Smart. I won a silver medal in Beijing.
2: I'm a sport and exercise psychologist at ECU. Coach athletes all over the world. And
1: I'll talk with training. experts about challenges all runners face, like figuring out how to make time to run, what to eat, and how to train.
2: You got so dehydrated. Your heart rate went up and it felt like you were working so hard.
1: Everything's trainable. Whether it's run form, strength, that's all trainable. And so is our thinking. Subscribe now to 16 Weeks on iTunes, Google Play Music, or wherever you find great podcasts. Together, we can do this.
2: Time for questions off the grid. With fashion is your business.
4: All right, Eric, it's time for a part of the show that we call... That's right. Off the grid questions where we ask questions, frankly, a little bit off the grid, a little more personal in nature. Uh, frankly, <laughs> Pavan and I have no idea what we're going to ask. Um, we actually don't even know the order we're going to ask that. We solve that on this show, despite there just being two of us on the mic with you at the moment. Uh, often there's three of us here uh, with a spin of our uh, giant... Uh, wheel of Grid Destiny. It's kind of a prize wheel of sorts that. Uh, very large. Depending on, very, very large. Difficult it, it, to get into the Williamville here. It's, you should see the Uber we brought it with. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> and anyway, you've seen those giant cargo planes where they can like have a plane? It was just like an oversized Uber. Anyway, uh, so we're going to spin that wheel and see who asked the first question. And the first question comes from thank you for the motion. Mm. (laughs) That was the wheel
0: turning, not his hand. That was the wheel turning. Uh,
4: (laughs) And and its uh, first question is from me. Uh, So my my question is, I'm pretty sure Pubbin thought it was going to come to him, but it really did come to me. My question is this, Eric. Um, We're talking travel. So I imagine that you do get to travel here and there yourself. Uh, When you do... What is how often do you travel? By the way, do you travel a lot for business, or is it mostly personal, or both? I would say both. Okay. When you travel, what is something that you have to do when you are in that city that makes you feel grounded? Something that you do in every place you go uh, that somehow, whether it's like I got to find the local graffiti, I got to find the, the local fast food store, a uh, place. I I got to get supplies for the room. I, I got to go jogging. What what is it that you do?
3: Yeah, you know, I like to find, I like to find a, an area that's, you know, less, clearly less uh, trafficked by, you know, I, I like to go towards like where the locals like to go. Uh, you know, I'll always drink the local beer and I'll always try to find, you know, the, n- not the most popular restaurants, but the, you know, the ones where like the best, the best food is. I've, I've fortunately I have a great network of friends that travel a lot as well. So we're always knowing the really good spots
4: to go uh, across the U.S. and, and Europe. So when you're in an airport, Eric, what is your favorite way to pass the time when you're? In two oh flights? man,
0: mine's Hudson News. Yeah. Oh yeah, I spend like forty bucks in Hudson News before <laughs> man, like every single flight. Heads, huh? It's ridiculous. It's so dumb.
3: You know, I you know when I when I'm in the airport, I just get to spend a lot of time in the airport. You know, obviously, the lounges are are yeah. great when you can when you can get in. You know, but you know, I just find that I drink. You try to drink a little bit of vino before the flights, and most of the most of the. Unfortunately, the wines there are just brutal, and you just get... Yeah, but it helps to sleep. You get, you get a terrible <laughs> yeah. headache, but you it sleep really, really well. Sleep. So that's, that's fine. <laughs> that's why I like to kill time in the, uh, in the airport, sure.
4: I got to tell you, the more and more there are these delays on the tarmacs, I'm a little afraid to drink too much in the, in, in the airport and uh, not get the chance to...
0: I had a three-hour delay recently with a group trip, and uh, I busted out my Bluetooth speaker. It was like 11 p.m. and turned the bar into like our own like, party. I just got <laughs> slam-faced. Slept like a baby. It, ended up, like, it wasn't supposed to be a red eye, and then I turned it into a red eye, essentially.
4: Well, certainly, you were a red eye after that. It was that. great. <laughs> it was great. All right. The wheel is a-turning. And it surprised surprise. Mm. Just really surprises me that it lands on Puppet.
0: Yep. Eric, um, is there a, kind of a, a hobby or a talent that you have um, that if you brought out um, and you mentioned it, people would be actually very surprised, the folks that know you from, whether professionally or personally?
3: you know, hobby or, or talent, you know, I, um, you know, I live in, I live in the city and you know, I got, I have, uh, I have two kids and, you know, I really, I, I would say my most of the time I'm really just been watching them run around the city and, and, and going to sports, sporting events. We, we, every year we like to go to a bunch of football games and baseball mm-hmm. games. And, you know, I try to get to as many stadiums as, as, as possible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really kind of take in the particular city. Like, um, about a year ago we took, um, took the took the crew to uh, to go see uh, the Packers uh, Giants game, which oh, was oh nice.
0: uh, well, well, that was a tough one. Was, <laughs> yeah, was that the NFC Championship game? This is uh, no, I'm talking about like five years ago now. Oh, oh you're going ago, way back more in than time. that, actually. Sorry. Yeah, no,
3: yeah, we um, you know, we like to fly in maybe a day early and you know go find a an amusement park or something yeah. in the hood and and then go to the sporting event and just making a making a weekend out of it. So we try to definitely visit some. Some athletic arenas, which are always cool. always fun.
0: Nice. Uh, Who are your teams? Sorry, say again. I saw the Giants cover on your phone, but I mean, uh, so football's crossed off. That's the Giants.
3: Yeah, uh, uh, Yankees, Yankees and
4: Yankees and Giants. I would nice.
0: say that's the combo,
3: baby.
4: Yeah. All right, and uh, as you kind of reflect on our conversation, Eric, uh, or just the types of things that you do, what uh, I'm going to put a little pressure on you here. What what kind of uh, maybe final thought or words of wisdom would you like to leave with our audience? It could be about data. It could be about the things that ignition one does or just uh, any other thought.
3: I would just say that digital marketing is, I'll be, I'll be boring. Digital marketing is, 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 is very tricky and you really do need to have the right, the right partner and the right, the right people to not be afraid to break the norms, right? It's really easy to say, to give Google and Facebook all your money, right? Because they make it really easy. But if you actually can use some technology and, and, and go out of the box a little bit, you'd be actually amazed at the wins you could see across digital marketing if you actually
4: make a little bit of an effort. Awesome, thank you. And how can people connect with you and obviously with Ignition One? Sure, you know, obviously our URL is
3: ignitionone.com and, uh, and my email address is this is Eric Bamberger, eric.bamberger.ignition1.com. And uh really happy to get emails from you, and I will certainly respond as long as it's uh,
4: <laughs> work-related. <laughs> or about about sports. Or about sports, yes. sure. All right. Uh, that is Eric Bamberger, the SVP of Hospitality for Ignition One. Eric, really, thank you very much. It was a great conversation. Yeah,
3: you guys are great. Thanks cool, so much.
4: Man. Yeah, thanks for coming on. That's it for uh, this episode of Travel Is Your Business I'm location at the Ignition One Summit in New York City for Pub and Ball. Shake it easy. I'm Mark Rako. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
2: This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening.